welcome to the Gritty Reviews podcast. Today, uh, I'm here with my friends Sammy and Brian, and we're going to be talking about the 1997 cult classic, The Fifth Element. Uh, this movie is directed by Luc Besson. Did I get it right? All yeah. right. <laughs> and it's written by Luc Besson and Robert Mark Kamen. And it is starring Bruce Willis as Corbin Dallas, Gary Oldman as Zorg, and Mila Jovovich as Lilu. All right, so before we um, jump into the grid and get into uh, why we like this movie and, and why maybe some of us don't like it as much, <laughs> I wanted to... Um, so this this was the the first time I had seen this movie. Um, we went. It was playing at a local theater. We went and saw it on the big screen, which was really fun. Um, but this was the first time I had seen it. I know that's not true for for either of you. Um, that is true. <laughs> I've seen it so, many times. Yeah. So so you want to talk a little bit about I mean, when you first saw it, or how many times you've seen it since, or just kind of your background with the movie? Well, I saw it in the theater. Um, I remember seeing the trailers when I was like. 15 and I was like holy moly I want to see that movie saw it loved it um of course at the time in 97 it was very different it was very unique it was movies didn't have that kind of look or feel to them yeah and I loved his idea of the future it was very different and I honestly don't know how many times I've seen it it's a lot (laughs) I've seen it a lot yeah that kind of vibrant sci-fi world just didn't show up a whole lot in major releases in the 90s. Yeah. You know, it was very much still kind of coasting on the the aesthetic of Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. the late 80s and early 90s. And so very to have, so. you know, all these neon colors. And it, it for me, the first trailers I saw just were flipping all the right switches in my brain. Because yeah. it's, you know, it's a large, vibrant world. But at the same time, it's dirty and lived in. And there's just a lot more realism to what you see on the screen as far as you know where my brain would go if I were imagining things like that and so that's why it kind of spoke to me and I saw it opening weekend in 97 it's one of the first DVDs I ever bought same (laughs) so I've I've probably seen it (laughs) close to 20 times all right well is there anything else uh, either of you want to add before we jump into the grid don't think so let's do it all right uh, so the first category of the grid is going to be writing, plot, and genre. Um, and this one, I'll, I'll be uh, honest right up front. I'm pretty harsh with this movie. More so in the next category, which is going to have to do with characters. But I was a little harsh with some of the uh, writing categories. Um, I feel like I might be a little bit of a buzzkill. <laughs> but uh, one thing that I really liked about it, though, is all of the um, stuff it does within genre. Because it is very much so, it's very cliche, very tropey, but it does it in such a fun way. And, and this goes back a little bit to what you were saying, Brian, about how it was just very different for the time as far as the way it presents the tropes in a very, you know, it's not Blade Runner. It's not dark and gritty. It's very bright and, and just out in the open. Um, so I liked that more fun aspect. And I thought that, that just the more sci-fi, like even though it was pretty campy and when we walked out of the theater, I think one of the first things I said was that was one of the most 90s things I've ever seen. Yeah. And I've seen Spice World and Good Burger. So <laughs> it's, it's up there. So, um, mostly it was, I really liked what it did. Um, so that's the first thing that stands out um, within this category for me. It's just the, the fun yeah. genre stuff. 
How about you guys? Any any strengths? Any weaknesses that, that stand out right off the top? Um, as you were saying that you know it is a it's kind of a hacky plot. It, it's <laughs> it absolutely is. Yeah. You know, it's the it's the reluctant hero being pulled into you know fighting the ultimate evil, and they have to get the magical MacGuffin to to save everyone, and it's Uh-oh. it's cheesy. Yeah. And you know you are right in that they do play a lot with a lot of the tropes to make it seem less tropey. I don't even know if that's intentional, but the I think what I had said the other night was it, it's it's ham fisted broad pulp storytelling and I know that some people have a problem with that but that's one of the things I love about it is it's just a big bombastic adventure and the plot mm-hmm. is not very intelligent it's not you know no. very nuanced and in films like that or like this I think that's okay yeah I love the whole I don't know like the dude in the pyramid in the beginning and the whole thing with the monochiwan and you know it's actually like this marriage between the humans and the monochiwan and like there's obviously been this ancient agreement that most people don't know about of stopping this evil every 5,000 years because that's one thing they touch on is this happens every 5,000 years and I just think that's a neat thing about it like I loved that part about like how they had to you know all these things had to come together in order for it to be and the fact that obviously 5,000 years is a long time in human standards so yeah obviously we forget about it every damn time <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting because it's yeah. obvious that we forgot that we forget every time yeah and so by the time it comes up we're like oh my god you know yeah <laughs> we're gonna shoot nukes at it yeah because that's what we do <laughs> <laughs> and they're gonna drop chocolate sauce on your forehead <laughs> Yeah, that was not the most realistic looking. No. <laughs> it's pretty obvious there's someone standing above them dripping stuff on their face. Yeah. <laughs> also, that was a neat touch. They could have just shown their face, you know, scared and sweaty, but... Yeah. Something. One thing, this might be getting a little bit nitpicky, but one of the things that, they, I don't know, bothered me, that might be a little bit too strong, but one of the things that made me roll my eyes a little bit about the plot is... So we, we see she's learning English and she's learning about, you know, humanity by like some sort of dictionary type software Internet or something. Uh, yeah. And then she like freaks out when she gets to war and it's like almost makes her like not save humanity. What you didn't see the atomic bomb in the letter A? Exactly. Yeah. There's, or there's, brutality under yeah. T. Or torture <laughs> under T. Violence. The yeah. letter you just said you got finished with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was a little... Uh, Silly to yeah. me. I was like, really? Like, why didn't this happen sooner? Well, something I didn't notice until watching it, you know, the other night when I guess I knew I was supposed to be reviewing it was she gets to war. Now, mind you, this is in the year 3000 something, right? All the pictures are like World War II. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, almost all of them are World War II. And I'm like, uh, there's probably been a lot more wars. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Judging by the way New York looks in the movie, like there's probably right. a hell of a lot more yeah. wars since and, then. And if there haven't been any wars since then, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you know, that happened in, you know in that time. That happened like 200 years ago. Calm down. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was a little silly. And I yeah. have some some other things that are kind of plot related, but more so tie in with characters. Um, so I guess I'll hold off on some of that. I did really like, I liked the the world building and exposition. I thought that was handled fairly well. Like, I feel like we got 
enough information to be invested without just being like oversaturated with like here here's a evil alien race here's what they do here's like all this stuff about them like i feel like we got just the right amount of information yeah they were like they yeah. come from here and the reason why they're here is because of this and yeah you're like don't stephen king it just yeah get exactly to it. yeah so i like that and i just love all the um i mean this is true of pretty much any sci-fi at least any well-made sci-fi but just the like just looking at the background and all the you know, the, the different kinds of fashion and the different aliens and the different kinds of locations. Like, I thought that that kind of world building, which we'll get more into in some of the later categories, too. But, um, I don't know, I just thought that that kind of world building of just showing us what the future looks like without, yeah. Without you know, having to say why it's this way. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. like, you can, you know, from our perspective now, we can extrapolate, okay, New York is full of terrible traffic and it's got a bunch of dirty piles of trash everywhere and yeah it just got taller yeah <laughs> much <laughs> yeah. much taller yeah you know we, we can we just kept building up we can believe it by by taking that grain of realism and saying yes this is i could buy this future. it's totally plausible yeah. yeah totally yeah even if the main plot isn't no the, 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 the <laughs> yeah. world that he created i feel is very plausible yeah and one thing that i thought was interesting about this script too is that he actually started writing this when he was 16. Yeah, like he just was like a bored high school kid and wanted to like have some escapism. So he started writing this and then the movie came out when he was like 38. So it was like, <laughs> Sounds like in the works. Sounds like <laughs> yeah. um, So I thought that that was interesting. And at one point, the script was like 400 pages long and he was going to make it a trilogy of movies. Yeah. And then. Yeah, I'd read that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's best they shortened it to one. Yeah, Condense I'm glad they did too. Yeah. Um, Ruby Rod's awesome, but you know, for a short amount of time. <laughs> we'll get more than that in the next category. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess that was about um, everything of note that I had. Was there anything else that stood out? Either something good, something bad, something um, in between. <laughs> I think we I think we covered it all. I, yeah. I mean, for me, the as much as I love this movie, the plot. Is needs expectations. Yeah. And, you know, having low expectations for the... I guess that's the wrong way to put it. That, that sounds negative. Not having a lot of expectations for, yeah. for you know, the, the bones of the story that you're telling me and, you know, like, what's going to happen. It's it's not a negative. You know, I can I can accept that, you know, okay, tell me the plot. You know, what is happening isn't as important as how it's happening. Sure, that's fair. Like that. All right, uh, so what were your guys' final scores for plot and genre? Uh, 8.10 for me. And I scored it a 6.4. Okay. All right, I'm kind of in between. I did a 6.8. Uh, would have been quite a bit lower, but because I liked the... Uh, because I liked that it was cliche within the genre, uh, that that boosted up quite a bit for me. All right, uh, so that's going to... Yeah. And in the end, it's just fun. It's just yeah. a fun movie. It's a wild ride that you enjoy. And it's over. <laughs> All right. So that's going to bring us to the next category, which is going to be writing characters. Um, this one I was pretty harsh on in most areas. The one thing that got a really high score for me, though, is dialogue, which I was just going to give a five, like meets expectations. There wasn't anything super memorable. But then I remembered that, like, he wrote an entire language. Yeah. Or, I mean, even though there was, like, I think I write it as, like, 400 words. I'm like, that's still, yeah. like, a language you can talk in with 400 words. Like, that's pretty impressive. 
And it sounds like it didn't sound like she was only speaking a handful of words. Like no, it sounded yeah. like a developed yeah. language. Yeah, he uh, wrote the whole thing and they actually had to practice it together. I'm on a falling in love practicing it together. He left his wife for her and then they divorced like two years later. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah. As much as I like his his visual style, he's a pretty gross human. Uh yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's something to establish that he is a craptastic person. Yeah. He's just very creative. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Uh, for the people who know him personally. That does not kind of Kind of come together often. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a story for another time, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so regardless of his craptastic human beingness, I did give dialogue a pretty high score. Because <laughs> that's pretty impressive, and it. Yeah, dialogue, yeah. I, yeah, I gave a nine. Because, I, yeah. yeah, I just, I love the banter. I love, yeah. Just like those, the, some of the best one-liners. You know, anyone want to negotiate? I've never negotiated before. Swings in, shoots some of the people. Where do you learn to negotiate like that? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> he just shoots the guy. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> just, yeah. Some of the lines are just, uh, yeah, like I said, boys, you know me, Zorg. Like, I love Zorg. He's just one of the best bad guys ever. See, and I... Oh, he's just so over the top, and I just love that about it. It's so 90s. I he's a cartoon character. Yeah, he's I a living cartoon character. I don't mind the over-the-topness, but I just, like, this is one of my biggest pet peeves in movies, is when the villain is so incompetent and unintelligent. Like, I just, like, I didn't know why he was doing what he was doing, and then he was doing it so badly... That I, I think it's I more the people in his employ that also did it badly. And, like, well, like, I also so. wonder, it's like... I, I'm assuming he never quite wrapped his brain around the fact that he was helping end everything. How could he not, though? Yeah. He's, he's got the telepathic communication with the, the ultimate evil yeah. that makes his scalp bleed chocolate syrups. So yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> clearly, he knows more than than the layman would. But then why about, would he complain about his cost tripling if he knew that the world uh, was supposed to end in 48 hours? Because he's not very smart or competent. Too strong. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, one thing you'd said was uh, not understanding why he's doing this, and I think that's one thing that this film kind of fails at is is properly giving a motivation to the majority of the characters. Yeah. Other than this thing's happening, we have to stop this thing. Yeah. Maybe he was brainwashed. Now you're reaching. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I gave the character inner needs and the character arcs, I both gave really low scores for pretty much that exact reason. Um, there was just no no motivations, which I kind of expect out of an action movie. Yeah. But it seemed like there was even less than what I would expect at like the bare minimum. And this isn't even, I guess because it's a sci-fi action movie, like I expect more out of sci-fi. Like those yeah. tend to be a little bit more character-driven than action movies. Absolutely. And it... it uh, fell below my expectations in that regard. Um, and then especially for character arcs, I, this is going to be one of my rants that I go on, so feel free to interrupt <laughs> me because this could be a doozy. But I did take issue. There's a whole plot line. So, like, she's unconscious on the couch, right? And he's, like, trying to wake her up. And he's like, she's unresponsive. I guess I'll kiss her. I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. But then they have that great turnaround where she's like, Never like, no, nope. my permission. Exactly. And I'm like, especially for 1997. That's a gun badass. to his head. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. He was trying to sleep in beauty it, man. No, it was gross. That was <laughs> the correct response. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, no, I'm not defending what he did at all. No, I love what she did, especially it's, like 
as a 16 year old girl in 97 watching I can imagine. that. Like, yeah. yeah. She was, yeah, for me, like the character herself was just to see a chick be so badass. Yeah. Chick on. Which, which I really like. And then I feel like they undid a lot of that. I agree. By the end, the end Yeah. Yeah, because it's like. I don't know, especially in, like, they, keep, they say so many times, like, she's perfect. Like, not just one character. Like, there's, like, ten different characters. Yeah. Like, she's perfect. And it's, like, apparently even a perfect woman can't be complete without a man to, like... Yeah, save her. Exactly. Yeah. And not just save her, but be like, all right, like, I'm going to fall in love. I'm going to take you on a vacation. Yeah. It's kind of like, we're going to be husband and wife. It's going to be great. And I'm like, she barely knows you. And she's, like, this divine being. Trying to have being. sex in a tube. I know. Doesn't she have better <laughs> things to do with her time? Like, she's I mean, a divine being. She doesn't know any better. Well, and part of it, yeah. Part She's of it's like being. she didn't yeah. get past W. Okay? Yeah, you got to remember, like this is all, this is also all like within forty eight hours, and that's a lot of sh- shit to be thrown at you in forty eight hours. Like, a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she like, was just really tired, and needed a nap, like our daughter. <laughs> <laughs> she was really tired. She got done kicking all those guys' asses, and she was just tired. So she jumped in bed with. I just. Well, isn't that the whole mm-hmm. people who survive Extreme catastrophic yeah, events? But isn't this, like, her main... Like, she's, like, designed to do this. Yeah. She should be, like, prepared and not just be, like... I don't know. I, I also just, like how they're like, this is only in three minutes, but in the actual scheme of things, it was, like, ten. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going in three minutes? Well, uh, they would have all died by We'll get then. to that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... So character arcs got... I only gave character arcs a 3 out of 10. Um, mostly because of the love story and, and I the... I gave it a 4. Okay, I don't feel quite so bad no, then. I gave it a 4.2 because... That's very specific. I felt I needed more decimals in my in my grid. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, there's not a whole lot of growth yeah. for the characters. No. any of them. There's, yeah. there's almost none. No. Yeah. But at the same time, for the kind of bombastic story that this is, you don't really expect a lot of personal growth. True. At least I didn't expect yeah. a lot of personal growth. So that being said, so the this met my expectations of, you know, okay. I'm not going to see a lot of nuanced character work, but I will see some really cool explosions and some really neat situations. Yeah. All and right. some great makeup. Mm-hmm. I love the makeup. <laughs> Just it. not the chocolate syrup. Not chocolate syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Although the the priest did grow. He's probably about the only character that actually grew. Because he went from thinking he knew everything to realizing that he had to hand it over and let someone else. Okay, so one tertiary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love you, though, Cornelius. <laughs> um, as far as character likability, though, there's... I know that some people are going to have some problems with specifically Chris Tucker's character. And so, some people, right here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sammy. Um, it's okay. I just think he's entertaining <laughs> as hell. Like, I can't help it. And I think all of the characters... Remember, I was 16 when I first saw That's fit fair. Their, fit their roles really well. Yeah. Um, and that I, I liked... Even though, you know, like a character like Zorg was kind of an idiot and obviously evil, you know, capital E, evil for no apparent reason other than he's yeah. a big sci-fi businessman. Um, yeah. I still liked them enough in the film to to rate character likability at an eight. I gave it an eight. Actually I enjoyed the characters. What did I give it? I gave it a seven point five for character likability. I would have given it 
probably at a 8.5 or a 9 if, if it wasn't for Chris Tucker. I, he was, oh, when he had like the one scene, I was kind of like, that was kind of quirky and fun and very 90s, but like, okay, I can get into this. And I was like, oh, wait, he's like a character that's going to come back now. Oh, and oh then, wait, and then he's he, still the same. Yeah. yeah and, and then he was just in it for the rest of the movie. It's the best and, show I ever did. <laughs> it's too I mean, much. As like being, I, there's no freaking way in hell I'd listen to his radio show at yeah. all. But no, I just he's just so ridiculous. I don't know. The comic relief for me with him was Ugh. stupid outfits, his stupid hair, like you know the whole green thing, like super green. I don't know, like the whole. I, I mean, and, and it's so ridiculous to think that any woman would think he was sexy at all, which to me it's, makes it even funnier. It's a little ridiculous to even like. There's no way that character was straight, right? Totally. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But it seems like yeah. he was only all about women, but it was the late 90s. So maybe they didn't mm-hmm. want to go They didn't want to cross that the, way. the societal line of being openly saying, this guy will have sex with anything. That's what it seemed like to me. Yeah, yeah. I think he just was like, hey, you're there. Let's do this. Yeah. They get that tall blonde chick in the hotel. I'm just like, he's just so sexy. I'm like, there is not anything sexy about that guy at no. all. I just found him to be, like I said, he was just so ridiculous that I find him entertaining. He's just so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah like, I, yeah. When he actually shoots the guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like patting his head. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh my god, oh my god. And the, and the, uh, for me, like the part, especially when the freaking bomb blows up, and just he's like just screaming the whole way that they're pushing the thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I wouldn't want to know him in real life, and I'm grateful that he <laughs> yeah. is not an actual person in the world. But yeah, I enjoyed him. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did think the choice of Devo, wasn't that his name in Friday? Devo is the president? Uh, Devo. Devo, yeah. yeah. I remember seeing that, I was like, although I hadn't seen Friday when uh, I was 16. Cause, yeah, obvious reasons. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I was like, okay, I mean, yeah. Although at the same time, that was actually pretty, I uh, can't think of the right word. Forward thinking? Yes, at the time. Yeah, I thought I had a black president before we did. thought that was neat. All right, so mine... My final score for this category actually ended up quite a bit higher than I thought it would, mostly because of the the big boost um, for the dialogue. Um, my total came out to a 5.9 out of 10. Mine was 6.98. Uh, and mine was 5.54. Oh, I have some very specific numbers. Yeah. Like I said, I felt I needed to use more, more decimal points. Fair enough. I can, so I will. <laughs> I fully support it. That's the option in the grid, so I'm going to utilize it. All right, so this is going to bring us to the next category, which is going to be acting and casting. Um, this one, I mean, one of the biggest things I had of note just goes back to, to Chris Tucker and not loving him. But um, other than that, I thought everything in this category was, was surprisingly um, scored pretty high for such a campy, uh, silly movie. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought I thought everything was, was pretty solid. And for me, for uh, face acting, I gave 10 I just the facial expressions in that movie, especially because I've seen it so many times. There's times that all I have to do is see someone's face change, and I start giggling because I know what's coming. And like, it's feel like, yeah, only face like all right, you know, even like the growly face that she gives before she you know punches the guy through the glass and shit. Like I just yeah yeah. Although I mean, for me, like as far as the acting, I think the worst actor in the whole movie was Luke Perry. That was awful. Yeah, he wasn't. That was right. awful. <laughs> he was horrible. Like I'm like, <laughs> why is he even in this movie? Like he got third billing and he was done. 
Yeah. In the prologue. Yeah. He killed the professor. <laughs> Aziz lights. Yeah. No, it, yeah. But you and I still say that sometimes when we want light. <laughs> we still say that. Very true. <laughs> but yeah, Luke Perry was. I still don't know why he was. Even, yeah, why was he there? They must have. Just, well, how big of a name was he in '97? Because he was big in the early. Yeah, now it's no. I think it was still. I think it like recently gone out. And that was like one of his only like movies when he tried to go out in a movie career, which just proves that like he had eight seconds. I didn't see that. It was a bull riding movie. Couldn't care less. <laughs> it wasn't that great? Yeah, I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't even like him on that one Yeah, as far as the the face acting, I think having a lot of those reaction shots, even in the uh, the extras, especially in the Flossed in Paradise sequence, you know, once the Mangalores are attacking and there's you know gunfire and explosions, a lot of the the reactions in the extras were a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. You know, just trying to pick out. I haven't seen the movie so many times. I. You know, I don't need to watch what the main character. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna yeah, see what this guy's doing. Do yeah. Where's the lady with the feathers in her hair? Where's, oh, the lady with the doing? big blonde hair that would look out of hair. Yeah. What's happening with that? Or like, or the part when he's like asking the dude that's like stoned out of his mind for the gun, and he's like, "What? What?" He tosses in the pool balls. <laughs> the yeah. Look on Bruce Willis's face is like, "What?" It's awesome. <laughs> what am I gonna do with these? <laughs> I do think the um, the extras are an interesting thing for this movie because these days, like, if you have a big scene like the the opera scene and there's all those extras, well, that's a little closer up, so maybe not. But a lot of times, extras and like big crowd scenes are just like digitally added these yeah, it's days. Like just yeah, eight people exactly repeated. Yeah, yeah. So it's to see like so many. I mean, a lot of a lot of what I was noticing goes more to to like costuming and stuff, but just the. True. Having so many people and be able to like both blend in and stand out somehow simultaneously, um, I thought that was that was done pretty well in this movie. Um, so I actually gave extras like an eight out of ten. Yeah, an eight out of ten. Um, but normally that's one that's like kind of hard to. I usually just give it five out of ten because it's like, well, yeah. I didn't notice them, but you're not supposed to notice them, so it's a little bit hard to to judge that one a lot of times. Mm. But it got a boost on this one just because there were there were so many, and and I thought it it, it was pretty good. Was well, like in the secondary characters, like the you know, Winnie little assistant for the priest. He cracked me up too. It's like I don't know, I just he showed up and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just and the freaking scientists and like like the guy at the very end does the thing with his hands. They're um not ready. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did not like the voice they used for Corbin's mom. No, I have a note on that yeah, also. She yeah, sounded yeah. way too young and like like every time she called, it took me way too long to realize it was his mom because I was thinking like, is this like some scorned lover or like a fangirl or it's something? Just such a fake voice. And it, it was very like 90s sitcom, like I can't King of Queens or something. Yeah. I I knocked down like, like on, Honestly, his that. mom sounded like a like a female prank on a jerky boy CD. Totally. <laughs> just like, totally. you know, I'm going to call and I'm going to kvetch and you're just, you know, you're going to have to listen to it and I'm going to badger you. And it's, oh. You can't be the president. <laughs> the president's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. You, you had mentioned earlier that, that Gary Oldman 
was a living cartoon and I did find I thought this was pretty funny and pretty accurate apparently he based his performance on a cross between Ross Perot and Bugs Bunny which is exactly which is probably why I, I didn't love his character as much because he, he just kind of reminded me of Bugs Bunny I'm like now I know why um, which, which is fitting because I do like the over the topness but I think it just goes, I don't know. Now I'm dipping back into character. I love this whole thing of like with the little robots things and yeah. Little, little teeny tiny little children. Yeah. I just, like I said, I, Gary Oldman's probably my favorite actor. Like I love every role I've ever seen him in, even when you're supposed to hate him because he just does it so well. He just, he takes a character and he makes it his own and it's this unique thing. And he, yeah. Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zork. Yeah. You're a monster Zork. I know. And that kind of goes into the line deliveries. I think that, uh, for all of the problems that someone can have with Zorg, I think his his diction and his line delivery is just so snappy so and spot good. on that yes. it feels correct for his character as portrayed. Yes, that makes sense. You know, because he, yeah. he's he's a businessman, he's a salesman, he's 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 a weasel. He's talking the pitch all the yeah. time. You know, even though makes he's sense. an evil arms dealer who's making a pact with the ultimate evil. Also, side note for Zorg is I want the little nail thing that his receptionist had. Dude, I would paint my just nails every day if she had She was just it. changing her nails just by sticking them in there. Like, they came out filed in a different color. I was like, I want that. <laughs> my nails would look fabulous all the time. <laughs> I did think. I also found... Um, I don't know if this is true. I found this on the Wikipedia page for the movie. So, take it with a grain of salt, I suppose. But apparently... Both Prince and Michael Jackson were both mm-hmm. considered for the role of yeah. Ruby Rob. I had read that as well. Yeah, which kind of makes me sad because I'm like, either of those would have been so amazing. Not Michael but Jackson. I, I think that both Prince was, would have been better. Prince, but Prince would have been great. Well, because Ruby Rod, I think, was probably in a lot of ways based off Prince, if you think about it. Because I, sure, I don't see yeah. why women found him attractive at all either. Like, he was gross. I do. I like his music, yeah, I, but I, I don't see why it. anyone would he think he was dance. sexy. <laughs> he can dance. But he can dance, he can play guitar, he can sing. Well, he's a talent. I didn't say he wasn't talented, I just said I don't find him sexually attractive. <laughs> Chris Tucker either, but... I mean, yeah, Prince would have been a perfect fit, but yeah, yeah I, I think still... with that change in casting, I think the character would have been completely different. It, yeah, I don't Ruby see Rod, how. I, think it's I don't supposed see how, to be ridiculous. I don't see how the character of Ruby Rod could be the spastic, ridiculous uh, <laughs> comic relief that it became yeah. with either of those two other options. I mean, Michael Jackson kind of yeah, maybe, but I think that Prince would have had a just a natural. Prince would have just been Prince in a fancy outfit. It. I think, I think which, he, which I would have loved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Prince would have been fun. He would have been a very fun. Really yeah, cool. yeah. But I don't remember. I don't know if they ever said why he didn't do it, but or maybe he didn't want to make fun of himself because to a point the character was kind of making yeah. light of who he is, of who he was. Right. Yeah. So. And then that goes to what I was saying about you know the potential for changing the character based on the casting. True. Yes. I also thought along those same lines. I thought this was interesting. And I'm so glad this didn't happen because I think it would have made the movie almost unwatchable to me. But um, Mel Gibson was almost cast for Ew. for Corbin Dallas. No. Yeah. No okay. one could have been Corbin. Yeah, could have been Corbin besides uh, Bruce Willis, in my opinion. If yeah. He was Actually, uh, Jean Renault from uh, Luc Besson's previous film, The Professional, was yeah, no. was heavily considered. I heard well. that too. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he turned Which, it down. I think for some reason. I'm yeah, and, and I think that was a good choice for the rest of us. I, I yeah. think that if the, if this film were intended to just be 
you know, released in the original, you know, if it was released in French and he was the main action star, then yeah, I think it would have been a great fit. But for yeah. the movie they were trying to make, it would have been distracting. Yeah, I think so too. And I think Bruce Willis is like the well-cast and well-costumed in the scruffy, reluctant hero. Yeah. I, I think that he was a, a great final choice mm-hmm. for the main yeah. character. Yeah, and just having someone... I mean, Mel Gibson was, was an action star back in the day too, but not quite in the same way yeah. as Bruce Willis. And I think having such a... Like, because it's a sci-fi movie, like, yeah. undoubtedly, but to have, like, an action star, like, it sells it more as, like... Yeah, and, and he's um, always done good in playing the kind of everyman action star. Oh, yeah, just like his... Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this movie is basically, like, Die Hard meets, like, Blade Runner, but it's lighthearted instead of dark like Blade Runner. Like, it's yeah. the opposite of Blade Runner meets Die Hard. Which I just found myself for the first time recently. <laughs> Did you I lie? laughed a lot. Oh, I love. Blade Runner. That's well, I just kept laughing because that's supposed to be happening a year from now. That's why. I kept well, laughing. yeah, that, that's <laughs> I was like, this is supposed to be next year. This is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Humans that are robots that pass as human. The ugly buildings and yeah. I never know why they don't go farther out. Like, go at least a hundred years. Don't just go like forty years. No. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> We're not um, reviewing that movie. Uh, <laughs> I also, I guess, um, just looking at my notes here, the last thing that I have um, in my notes within this category is that I did um, boost the dialogue score a lot, similar to the writing, um, or not the dialogue score, but the line deliveries. I did boost it a little bit um, for, for the, the divine language. I just thought Mila Jovovich. Yeah, and she just did. She did such a good job. And she sold it. Yeah. She, she totally sold completely it. Completely natural and fluid. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of it was the line delivery, and a lot of it was the was the facial reactions. I think it's a, a good combination of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was really because I know that she's uh, has a, quite the cult following for being in, in these types of movies, mm-hmm. which I haven't really seen much of. And and yeah, so most I was not great, but they're fun. <laughs> yeah, well, that's for me. Like I, that's what like I said. My overall thing about this movie is I think it's just fun. Yeah, but that, so going into it, I was kind of not sure her caliber of acting and I was really surprised in a good way um I thought she was great yeah yeah she seemed very believable yeah absolutely yeah I I haven't looked into any of her to see if she had a lot of acting jobs before this but I know this is the movie that I first noticed her did I I I think it I think she had a few acting credits but they were very minor I think this was like her breakout role when I first saw this movie I thought she was gorgeous like 16 yeah. I was like she's so pretty I just want to be her yeah she did such a great job of selling the athleticism of the role mm-hmm. oh yeah and, you, you know, believe she could kick your ass exactly yeah. you know the the stunt work involved in all the different fight choreography and the scenes like in the scene in the hotel room where she's kicking the ass of of all these mangalores and they go into it like oh we're, we're gonna destroy you and she's just like bam yeah yeah and uh, when she was like, like punch the one guy and punches backwards and then forward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is going to speak a little bit to the editing, but the intercutting that fight scene with the, the diva's performance, really the making the connection of the two with the score bleeding yeah. over yes. between them. Yeah, and I the love choreography that. really hitting the rhythm of, yeah. of the music was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah, I it's agree. almost like she. It almost seemed like the diva was telling the story that was happening at that moment. Like she had told the beginning, 
of what was happening. And then when she broke into that, it's almost like she knew that was happening at that moment. Yeah. So it seemed like to me. Yeah. Well, she may have. She seemed pretty damn connected with what was going on. So. All right. Uh, so what was your guys's final score? I gave it a 9.2. Wow. Yeah. I scrolled way past mine, so I'm going to I got a 7.7 overall. Wow. We're very similar with this one. I gave it a 7. Uh, 7.4. Yeah, I really like this one. <laughs> no, no need to apologize. <laughs> That's what extra credit's for. <laughs> All right, so that's going to bring us to the next category, which is going to be cinematography lighting. Um, and this category, like I, I really liked the lighting when we watched it, and I made the mistake of of waiting a little bit too long to fill out the grid. So I'm like, I remember really liking it, and I forgot the specific reasons why. <laughs> so, um, What's the bright and I don't like the parts that are supposed to be bright or bright and the parts that are supposed to be dark or dark and yeah yeah I just yeah I don't really pay attention to lighting that often but when I thought about it like I gave this whole section a really good score because I just I love the the lighting the colors the mood of the whole thing and yeah (laughs) just yeah and even like the ship coming down and you know the you know the, the shadow and all those kids facial expressions when it's happening and but again like Mid nineties, most sci fi was dark, dank, dark corridors and like inside spaceships. And yeah, even if you were on an alien planet, it was something like a like enemy mind where it's you know everything's just kind of gray or everything's filmed on in Utah. Yeah, so I think the the lighting definitely gives it a vibrancy that that sets it apart. I agree. Yeah, and even for for more modern movies, I don't feel like we get a lot of this type of lighting in sci-fi. I mean, we've moved yeah. away from the dark and gritty within sci-fi now. That's the superhero thing, I guess. DC <laughs> world anyway. Yeah, more, well, that's a whole yeah. other discussion. <laughs> that's a different episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like even moving away from that within sci-fi, like I feel like, I don't know, like if you watch like Annihilation or which well, I guess that's not really quite sci-fi, but like Arrival, like all those movies, like Arrival is like fog everywhere. Like it's gray. It's, yeah. You know, it's it's not gritty the way like Blade Runner is gritty, but it's very. As far as monotone. its color palette and the lighting, it's very, very dull. Up. Yeah, exactly. Which which I like. It works really well in that movie, but it's still like you just don't see. I don't know. You just don't see this type of lighting in sci-fi movies very often like even no. now so so i liked i liked that aspect of it quite a bit um and oh, right. oh, good. even for like the more like action scenes like one of the things i had read when i was um looking up some trivia and stuff is that um luke besson like intentionally was like like okay like any of the like action scenes we're gonna shoot like outside in the daylight like none of this you know like you're saying like none of this dark spaceship stuff like yeah nothing at night like it's gonna be in the day outside um so it was very much so like an, an intentional you know i'm tired of seeing this we're gonna do things differently um and i think he pulled it off really well it looked really nice so one thing i liked was like in new york was like the fact that it was you believed that they were up so high because of how bright it was yeah and then you know as they go down it's like we got to go through the fog and they get down and it's just dark and grungy and gross and you believed it yeah, you naturally wanted to lock your car doors and roll up your windows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the McDonald's. Yeah. 65 also, trillion served. I know, which is also <laughs> scarily believable. Yeah, we're probably not that far away from that <laughs> now. <We're> probably not. <laughs> I said, well, like, with the lighting, it also, like, you know, sets the, to me, like, all the, the mood, the beauty, the real, like, it just, 
like I said, to me, like it feels like such a plausible future in a very terrifying way. I could see that. Like all of yeah, like the even the police uniforms, <laughs> which are totally ridiculous, <laughs> so uncomfortable and bulky and yeah, yeah. They look like like Roman centurions, you know, like kind of like all the police are just ready to be riot cops at any given time. Okay. Yeah. And that's what the the uniform said to me. Um, so I gave it, even though I couldn't think of a lot of specific examples, I still gave it a fairly high score. Um, I gave it a 7.2 out of 10. I gave it a 9.2 because I may not really know how I'm grading very <laughs> I gave it a 7.27 out of 10. Again, very specific and very close to mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's going to bring us to the next category, which is going to be cinematography camera work. Um, and for me, this one, I, this is a little bit of the same as far as like lighting where I'm like, I know I really liked it. Um, there's a little bit more specific things that I remember. Like the, the Egypt scene I thought was just like the, the compositions and the camera work in those scenes really stood out as, as just interesting and different. And the way the, those alien robot thingamajigs were working one. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) The way they were introduced was really interesting. Are you German? And I also really liked, um, Lulu's introduction, I thought that was was really well shot. I love that um, scene, the building. Yeah, oh, like that, that part. Cool. That part was really cool, and then just the the way she interacts and the the fight scene that ensued, or the chase scene, I guess yeah. more so. Um, I just thought it was really well shot and and really told us a lot about her character through through the way the camera interacted with her, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, well, the little tiny yeah. nitpick was like that something again I hadn't fully thought about before was you know. At the very end, when she's you know first created, and they put out the little camera, he's like pictures for the archives. It's a camera over glass, and there's a flash, and until it wakes her up, there wouldn't be a picture of her. Yeah, it would just be glass. If the camera right next to the glass, <laughs> it wouldn't. You wouldn't see anything, and I'm like, it's three thousand. Yeah. You know, you're three thousand, whatever. Like, what it was like twenty three sixty four. Okay, we had yeah. pretty far in the freaking future. He probably would have had. You know, I just thought that was strange that they had a flash, and I mean, obviously yeah. that's what wakes her up, but yeah. still, like they're you're taking the picture outside of the glass, you're not going to get much. Right. Yeah. I don't really know if I, like I said, studied camp, like things enough to like really have paid too much attention to camera movement. So in fact, I felt like most of it felt pretty fluid and I never felt like anything felt interrupted or awkward. Yeah. And it never felt overly static, especially like, especially in the, some of the action scenes, some of the bigger yeah. scenes were very, felt very dynamic. Absolutely. It made you feel like you were part of the scene instead of standing off to the side. And um, speaking to the the mise-en-scene, the the shot composition of some of those big set pieces was really cool. Like the in the battle on Flost in Paradise, when the the giant explosion, which, fun fact I read, was I think the largest indoor explosion at the time. And... And they had to shut down production while they tamed the flames. Yeah, which they almost <laughs> couldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just the the shot of, you know, being on the ground floor, looking up at the balcony, and then here comes tiny Bruce Willis leaping away from the explosion, and this enormous fireball erupts. And things like that really were really cool. And the, the sense of perspective that you got, um, talking about the earlier scene of Lilu's escape from the nuclear lab, um, you know, she comes out and is brand new and just the, her reaction shot of being faced with a 
okay, I came out of this tunnel and now here I am hundreds of stories up and there's layers and layers of traffic and the, the shot they had of, of kind of zooming over her to look down and almost gives you a sense of vertigo that, that yeah. she would be feeling. Yeah, and then the train going by her. And- yeah, and you know, the, the mix of the, the close-up shots that kind of panned around her a little bit as she's moving along the edge of the building and then intercutting that with really looking out at the city and just the, the sensory shock of it. Yeah. Was really cool. You know, and it's things like that that I think were, were really well done with the, the camera work and just putting you into the situation and being able to see a lot of what's going on, but not feeling like a passive party to it. I think the camera moved just enough to put you in it, but not so much that it was distracting in its movement. Yeah, I felt like, yeah, I think this is storytelling. Like, yeah, the camera definitely helped get the story going and keep it flowing. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes you see movies where it's like the camera's so awkward that, like, you get reminded that you're watching a movie instead of feeling like you're a part of it. exactly. Or it's just so still. Like, I I, I don't know, I'm a sucker for camera movement. (laughs) I like it when there's fluidity and when everything was just like... Oh, you just like set that on the tripod there and film. So that's, that's not very inspired, <laughs> which is not at all what this movie did, which I really liked. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we give our final scores then? Yeah. Yes. Let us do that. <laughs> all right. Uh, so for me, I gave, I gave every subcategory an eight down the line. So my, my total for the category was an eight out of 10. Mine was 7.44, which is yeah lower than I expected it to be, but still. Huh. Somebody was like, I don't really know how to score this, so I'm just going to put a number. <laughs> yeah. And I scored it a 7.05 because I'm having fun with decimals. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Again, I fully support it. <laughs> All right. Well, so next one I scored pretty high, though. I, I scored this one pretty high as well, and I, I might go on a few rants on this one because I, I have quite a bit to say. <laughs> the, okay. next, the next category is going to be editing and special effects. Um, and with it, I think I haven't seen a lot of Luc Besson's movies, but the ones that I have seen, one of the things that, that has consistently stood out is the editing in a good way. Um, he just seems to make some really, I mean, he's not the editor, but he, whether it's in the script or directorial choice, or if he's, I don't know where, now I'm just losing my train of thought. But, <laughs> I don't know. He just seems to have, his movies have interesting editing choices, which I really like. Um, and I thought this movie did, did a really good job with editing. The, the only thing that I didn't like, which didn't, because I liked everything else so much, it didn't really impact the score too negatively. Um, but the one thing I didn't like was that scene where it's Ruby Rod, like having his like oral sex scene and it's like intercut. In yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like felt unnecessary. It was so yeah. unnecessary. And like... She's like, you need to get in your position. I don't want one position. I want all positions. <laughs> and then ready for takeoff. Yeah, and the feet go up. Yeah, like... Yeah, that, that part, it was unnecessary. It, and it wasn't even, like, that funny. <laughs> or at least, I, no, I don't know. It, it didn't... I don't know. It just seemed out of place and and out of tone like it didn't even seem like the right tone for them like it almost felt like like i don't know but like it was like a, a contract thing where it's like all right i'll be this really ridiculous character but like give me a sex scene or something like yeah. i'm sure that's not what happened but yeah. like that's what it felt like like it was some sort of like ultimatum. It's, it's so um 
Yes, the window. window? Yeah, well, to where, like, it's not like our six-year-old son who went and saw it with us wasn't like, what is he doing? So luckily I wasn't like, uh, I'll explain it to you when you're older. <laughs> like, I didn't have to deal with this. So luckily it's it's there, but it wasn't so in your face that I didn't have to explain it. Yeah. Which is nice. I appreciate avoiding that. Yeah. <laughs> but that, like, it, that is good that it wasn't too over the top. But it's also just... I feel like that just makes it more confusing as to why it's even there. And then like, like when it was first, cause it, you know, the first joke, it's kind of like, okay, that was, I guess that was supposed to be funny. Okay. We'll move on. And then they just kept, it was just interspersed like 10 more times. And it's like, I guess this is just an editing choice that we're just going to keep coming back to this. <laughs> and it just, it just has a mildly warped sense of humor. Maybe. And I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to, to sex humor. Like there can be, some funny stuff but that just that, that spot was unnecessary yeah it didn't fit with the rest of the movie it wasn't particularly funny and it was just jarring um so that was really the only thing i didn't like within the editing and everything else um i thought was like you had started to mention earlier like the the fight scene interspersed with the opera i thought was just yeah. brilliant i i really had fun with that um yeah the, the choreography gelled well with the, the music and i yeah I, positive that that was the intention but yeah that sequence is just one of those things that you notice editing in a good way absolutely yeah you know like so many things in film you only notice things when either they're really bad or really good and Mm -hmm. this is something that for me was that sequence there is enough to give me have me give it a couple of points on overall editing yeah because it was so much fun Mm -hmm. yeah i agree yeah yeah no, and I, I just like the special effects in this movie in general. Like, the makeup, the the movement of the Mangalore's face when they spoke. And that's all yeah. an actual freaking mask. That's not yeah. CG. Like, very little CG in this movie overall. Yeah. Like, I mean... And most the, of what was was for, like, the big, uh, you know, the widescreen moments. Which the, makes sense. The yeah. big vistas. Yeah. Which held up pretty well yeah i mean it's definitely not like by today's standards but like for 1997 i'm like this is really good yeah yeah i was surprised it wasn't like nominated for any like visual effect awards that i could see it should have been i mean it would have lost to titanic anyway because it was titanic that year but like to not even get a nomination i thought was really surprising because well the part even like at the very beginning when like the the planet goes to, you know, kill the spaceship and it's that skull that eats it. Like, I just thought that was neat. I like that part. Yeah. <laughs> like, the showing of the planet growing. And, yeah, excited. And even the way the diva looks, like, that doesn't necessarily stand the test of time. Parts of it looks kind of cheesy. Like, you can totally tell the back part of her head is something that's blown up, by the way, with part of it yeah. creases. But, yeah. But she was just such a unique look. Like, you can even, like, for us watching Face Off so much, like, you could even, like, the crinkles around that. Like, you can actually see where the... The silicone was bunching when mm-hmm. she talks and stuff, but I still think she was rad looking. Yeah. So different. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, the hair, which we'll get to that later. But yeah. But like I said, and even like the Mono Chi ones, like, gosh, they're the, the freaking suit that they had. And I loved that. So different. And like, did you know that you notice that each of them actually have a different sounding voice mm-hmm. when they're talking and stuff? That was a nice touch too. I would be interested to see what they actually look like under that suit. It's like, do they look like her under that suit, or are they just a bunch of genetic material? Like, are they I'm, I'm going to guess that they're just a, a genetic slop in a robot suit. 
Yeah. So like, they can live yeah. whatever they need to. Yeah, maybe. Because I, I like, actually wouldn't even mind if he just did a whole movie about them. Like, I would totally love to know more about them, though. Like, what are the fuck yeah. under that suit? Are they all well, then, one of the One of the great things that, that they did with this movie is not giving us too much information. Because I think that having... I agree. Having too much information leads to... More questions than answers. Yeah, more yeah. questions <laughs> than answers, but also... Odds are, it would not have been a satisfactory no. answer. I'm just curious. <laughs> that too, yeah. I'm just curious. Especially yeah. with 20 years of perspective, you know? You yeah. Know, like, you've seen these things, and there's some mystery about it, and so it it would be like the, the episode one effect. Like, well, yeah. how did this happen? Oh, that's that's not a very good explanation. <laughs> I wish I hadn't yeah. asked that question. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I can't think of anything else that really stands out on either end of the spectrum for this category yeah i guess that's it i thought i'd have more rants but i guess that's that's about it i just i just really liked the editing overall the only thing that got a low score for me was continuity and pace um which i gave i gave it a five out of ten it met expectations um but i did feel like the pace maybe could have been picked up a little bit here and there um but that's just me (laughs) Yeah, there were a couple of scenes um, really before they went off on their trip to Flossom Paradise where it kind of the some of the shots lingered a few seconds longer than they really needed to, and that kind of yeah. killed some of the the movement and or momentum, I should say. And then there's some scenes that are just too long. Yeah, especially in the in the beginning. I mean, even like the the Egypt scene, which I really liked. It's a little it, long. It's it was a little long yeah. for for just like a prologue. Like, shouldn't this be like? Five minutes, it felt a little longer than yeah. that. Well, I mean, like, uh, or the whole, which I understand about the whole scene of, like, when they're in his apartment and they show, you know, the military shows up and then they show up and it was, oh, like, yeah. that yeah. scene was really long. Yeah. And awkward. And, yeah. yeah. Although, I don't know, did you hear Des in the movie theater when he saw, she looks like Princess Leia. <laughs> yeah. But not. No. What do you say? He said that man looks like that Princess Leia. That man looks like Princess Leia. That was it. That was it. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. She's quite mannish. Yeah. I heard that was like a, like an intentional recurring theme within the movie is to like demasculinize all the women besides Bruce Willis and then like masculinize all the women besides um, or does not have really very many women other than uh, Mila Jovovich to not, like make them like you like True. the ultimate man and she's like the ultimate yeah. woman which but I think is is, is is she's very thin which you know hey if that's how you're naturally built but to say that someone that thin is perfect is where I was like okay everyone has a preference yeah I don't know um, yeah I guess I guess that's that's all I have to say about editing and special so. effects. Um, was there anything else either of you wanted to add? I don't think so. Nope. All right. Um, so nice. It's actually a little bit. I think the pace dragged it down um, quite a bit because I gave everything else really high scores. But the average came out to a 7.9 out of 10 for me. Mine was 8.9. Yeah. 7.92. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to bring us to the next category, uh, which for me is, is oh no, I take it back. I was going to say it's my highest scoring category, but there's one more that's that's higher. Um, but it's a very high one for me, and that's going to be sound. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I just love, this was actually the, this, I don't remember, there's a couple different sound categories in the Academy Awards, but it was, it was the only nomination it got 
which of course it lost to Titanic. Because um, everything lost to Titanic. I know. Which I'm okay with. I love that movie. But, <laughs> 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 but, um, but yeah, I thought the, the sound in this movie was just incredible. And that's another recurring thing with his movies, I think. Um, mm-hmm. he, he just, I don't know, pairs himself with, with good people. <laughs> the, I love the sound of this movie. The music, the... I love the nice little touch that every time it was something occurring to the fifth element, you had that little sound that would happen, like, yeah. every time. I just thought that was a nice touch that, like, even showing the tattoo, or mm. it was just that little sound that it had, and I was like, I like that. Yeah, there's little things like that, and just the the music in general mm-hmm. throughout the movie is is just phenomenal. I have one of the tidbits that I read is that there's actually like music playing it's music of some sort throughout at least ninety percent of this movie. Like mm-hmm. it's just almost constant, um, and to, to great effect. Um, I mean the the opera in there is is gets a little silly when it gets to like the hip hop stuff, but it works because it's yeah. like it's so nineties and it's you know the the choreography that it's intercut with works really well, um, even though it's kind of silly and super 90s but it works mm-hmm. um and just the the score is just just gorgeous and just hits literally all the right notes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> had to do it <laughs> yeah. no yeah i love uh, you yeah, yeah. thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, um I, what i liked about it is is you know for all these big moments with all these explosions and spaceships blasting things and you know, all these real big moments, the, the sound felt right, and at no point did the sound effects feel oppressive. And, yeah. you know, you're talking about how the majority of the movie has music woven throughout, and there's always something playing, but other than those situations where it's being showcased, like the, the opera, it never feels unnatural. It's, no. yeah. It feels like it's part of the world, and that's something I can really appreciate. That's part of the story, and, yeah, storytelling in general. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it was mixed well enough to where you know you noticed it when you're supposed to notice it, and otherwise, you know, it's just one of those things that you subconsciously notice. Yeah, and I think that was a, a testament to the the mixing of it all by the audio engineers to be able to make sure that everything is gelling to where it needs to be, and nothing stepping on anything else. Yeah, I agree. I gave it a 9.10. All right. Outstanding. And I gave it a 7.7. I gave it an 8.8. Yeah, so that's all. We really like the sound. Yeah, <laughs> and we can all agree on that. Especially um, when watching it, like, you know, the bass around you, and you're like, this movie makes me feel awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it is one that makes me want to just, like, put headphones on to watch it or something and just, yeah. like, get that, that vibe. Again, literally. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, the aesthetics is actually probably the one I gave the highest scores to. This one is definitely, this is my highest as well. Um, I mean, everything just looks phenomenal throughout mm-hmm. this movie. Even the stuff that's that's a little campy is, like, campy in just the right way. Um, the only thing I, I gave a little bit of a lower score, which still I gave 8 out of 10 to, was props. Which, in all honesty, might exclusively just be because of the master lock used. Like, <laughs> and I'm just like, come on. Yeah, yeah, the master yeah. lock detonator. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, that's, like, they could have at least cut the lock part off and just had it be the circle part. That would have been believable, but just still have... Owner, yeah. Yeah, like it was the... Antenna. Yeah, but still, yeah, no, that... Yeah, the, the combination lock is it. Yeah. I would say that that's probably one of the, like, the only missteps in the props department, though. 
It's true. Uh, you know, the, the, the design of the ZF-1 uh, assault platform that Zorg is selling to the Mangalores. Oh, they're so really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Opens yeah. up and it's, it's just a bunch of over-the-top... I mean, it's... It's the type of assault rifle that Bugs Bunny would sell. If he was <laughs> True story. Which is yeah. pretty much what his character is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this company maybe should have been called Acme. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but just the the little touches that you would see in the background, you know, people with the little uh, wand phones and clear umbrellas and all the different neon costuming that you would see, especially in like the airport scene, you know, and the the set dressing of this entire wall is covered in garbage. Yeah, I love how they never explain why. She just says, sorry about the garbage, and that's it. I just thought that was neat. They never say why. <laughs> it's just there. I think we're about to say the same thing. Yeah. There was, I guess, it didn't make it into the final cut, obviously, but I guess there was supposed to be, like, an alien race who was, like, gar- the garbage collectors, and they were on strike. Uh, so that's why there was garbage everywhere. Oh, okay, because, yeah, they never say it. Yeah, yeah okay. I think... I don't know if you don't why. I, I, I don't know the why of it. I just know that yeah, there's, it didn't. I'm guessing the, they probably just couldn't get the the look of the aliens that they were trying to portray yeah. to look good on film. So they just said, you know what? Scrap it. We're going to move on. I know we already set, covered the set in garbage, but we'll just They should have just been like the there. garbage people from the labyrinth. But yeah, I think uh, of this category, the one that I scored the lowest was the hair. I and mean, even that, really? I gave a seven. I gave it um, I did too. <laughs> and for me, like the the yellow roots with the orange ends, and this all crap just, you wouldn't have noticed if it wasn't. For it's me. absolutely crap that I would not have <laughs> gained this movie for if my wife hasn't been a hairdresser for almost twenty years. <laughs> I love her hair. Like that was like. I wanted that hair for so long, and then I started doing hair. And I was like, "That is so impractical and hard to keep up." So I never did it. But I guess um, I might do it someday. It, it is impractical and, and hard to keep up. Uh, and I guess Mila Jovovich, like they they dyed her hair, and they wound up yeah having to use a wig because uh, her hair was falling out. Yeah, because they <laughs> yeah. had to keep redying it constantly, and then it just destroyed her hair. So they made her a wig instead. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, folks listening at home, don't do not do it. Yeah, don't do it unless you yeah. talk to a professional that might, I mean, with, with, especially back in the 90s, the way, sorry, I'm going to get into a hairdresser <laughs> rant here, but back in the 90s with the way that um, product was at the time was much more damaging. They have now have the technology and the the way that things are made now and the fact that there are ways to protect your hair. Like, it is achievable now. That hairstyle, it is achievable but maintaining the orange would still be hard. They're still, I mean, you're talking, yeah. you're going to have that hair color for maybe a month if you're lucky. Yeah. But you can, it is achievable now without going bald, at least. Yeah, it well, can. that's something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, even, like, the blonde chick with, like, the fan thing, and it was, like, or the, the chick that's totally from the Macarena video, where she's got that, <laughs> you know, like, scoop thing in the back. I don't know. There's just, yeah. just so many things that I hope hair doesn't go in that direction, but I just thought they were all such a nice touch. Yeah. And I even had some chicks that were bald. I just thought it was like, I don't know. It was just yeah. neat. And even with it, I also gave, um, I gave costumes a 10 out of 10. Well, everything except props, yeah. I gave a 10 out of 10 to in this category. Um, but even like within the costumes, like 
I really loved Ruby Rod's costumes for as much as I, I disliked the character overall. Oh, stupid hairdos. They were great. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's so over the top, but like his costumes were gorgeous. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, like we have the wide fun. neck and yeah. Yeah. Like, they're so different. Yeah. And just fun and, and visually appealing. Like not the most masculine thing in the world. No. But vis- visually appealing. So. Yeah, that was Ruby Rod for you though. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I liked things like that within within this category. Oh, the flight attendant costumes were stupid. But they were still awesome. <laughs> they were... I almost gave costumes a lower score specifically because of those. Because, God, I hope the life... I hope the world isn't that sexist still by then. I know, right? <laughs> but for the 90s, it made sense. For the 90s, it made sense. And it was, it was such a, like, weird, like futuristic throwback to like 60s mm-hmm. so it's like even though it's like okay we're going backwards but we're going forwards and none of this is like in the right direction but well, i'm still so kind of style repeats itself right i mean it's true um kids are wearing stuff i wore in junior high nowadays yeah uh so i don't know like it i was, I was a little on the fence about the costumes specifically because of that um but they're so cool at the same but, time. But, yeah, like, for, for as over-the-top and ridiculous as it is, and for as uh, needlessly sexualized as it is, because even, like, the McDonald's yeah. ladies had, like, yeah. like, theirs were worse than the flight attendants. Way worse. But it's kind of like, I don't know, I took it as, like, a, a tongue-in-cheek social commentary of the way we treat women instead of just being like, oh, this is exploitative yeah. and gross. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to, I know, I, I, sure. I kind of don't think it was, <laughs> but I'm going to go with it and know. be more like, I don't know. So, so that's how a woman I, to be the supreme being, not a man. So, right, and she could have easily been flipped. Um, so yeah, so I, I convinced myself to still keep costumes a ten, even though there were some problematic things. I hate that word, but there yeah. were some. Uh, there were some that, missteps. There, yeah. that's a better word for it. Yes, um, but I was able to excuse it in my mind. So and I even love that. The weirdness of Zorg's hair, like, who the hell does that? But it just, I don't know, it fit the character. Like, um, the priests and his protege, like, their dorky hair would be like, I don't know, just all, yeah. I liked it all. I liked the whole look. Yeah, me too. Even those times we're like, who the heck would wear that? But it still yeah. was great. Like, the, um... Right. The Mangalores that try to pose as them in the airport and how she's I got like, a thong with like her little yeah. clear skirt. And I'm like, hey, you got the booty to pull it off. But <laughs> yeah, it was just was like, who wears that? Like, she's going to go on a freaking intergalactic trip <laughs> wearing that. All right. <laughs> Doesn't look very comfortable, but yeah, it's very breezy, airy. Yeah. It feels so nice on the cheeks. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to give our scores on that one? Yeah, I think that's a, that's about all I had to say for aesthetics. Um, well, in the yeah. set's locations, yeah, like I just I like the way everything looked. I just, yeah, again, it seemed plausible, believable. Like you're like, yeah, sure, that's probably what a new look like. like that's t- probably what a giant cruise ship would look like floating Space on a moon full ship. of water. Space cruise ship. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> yeah, because it all seems believable and like, sure, why not? I can see that happening. Yeah. Install. Looked cool. Yeah, look good. Nothing yeah. looked out of place besides the combination look. Yeah. Yeah. And I was probably a little too harsh giving it giving props an eight out of ten when that was like literally the only thing that stood out. But <laughs> it is pretty ridiculous. Like you could have picked it, it almost was, anything else that would have right. fit that better. Yeah. You could have like painted over the white numbers. Even or something. Yeah. yeah, something. Yeah. 
Uh, maybe it was a last minute thing. They're like, can't find anything else. Ah, oh, just grab that thing. <laughs> Use that really quick. It'll be fine. No one will notice. <laughs> you could have at least held it by the like lock part and just had the combination part showing. Because that's what really gives it. I mean, the numbers too, but yeah. Yeah. like having the lock part on there, I'm like, that's... Actually, what's funny is now that I think about it, there's a little red LED on that. There is. So they went through the trouble of adding a red LED to a combination. And part. then doing nothing else. Yeah. 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 So that was just absurd. Yeah, Corey. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't feel bad about the 8 out of 10. That's, no. it's, <laughs> it still exceeds yeah. expectations for all yeah. the other things, but anyway. <laughs> so my total for aesthetics, which is easily still the highest category out of everything, uh, was a 9.6 for me. Outstanding. Mine was a 9.8. And mine was a 9.12. <laughs> such a you your decimals. <laughs> yes. You give me more than one place, I'm going to use it. All right. Uh, so that's going to bring us to the next category, which is going to be impact on film. Uh, this one gets divided up into three subcategories of critical impact, audience cult impact, and historical inspirational impact. Um, to be honest, I didn't fully know how to break this one. So Yeah, this Go one's ahead. a little weird. Uh, <laughs> I admit it, but I don't know. I like trying to... Give it some perspective. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's an important part of of critiquing a movie is, is considering how other people receive it. Tristan disagrees with me, but he's not I here. He's yeah. not here. Yeah. Right. Well, actually, I think he is. <laughs> yeah. <He's downstairs>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so for critical impact, um, normally if it's a newer movie, I'll just go to like Metacritic and and just kind of take that score. This one I looked at a few different places. Um, just because it is a little bit of an older movie. Um, but pretty much everywhere I looked, it was pretty mixed reviews for critics. So I just gave it 5 out of 10 Ditto. for that one. Yeah. And then Onions and Cult Impacts, I probably could have gone a little bit higher because I know it does have a really big cult following. But I gave it 9 out of 10. Um, I feel like a 10 out of 10 in this category is, is reserved for, like, Rocky Horror kind of cult. <laughs> I did 10. Yeah. That's which the is, impact, well, because that's the impact they had on me. So. Yeah. And which is fair, like it's it is a very popular movie and it has a, a very big cult following. Um, but I, I probably could have gone nine point five, but I don't know for whatever reason I, I went with a nine. So, and then um, historical and inspirational impact. This one is, is quite a bit more subjective, at least for me, than the other two. Um, but I gave it five out of ten for that one because yeah. Um, I feel like uh, like with with Luke Besson, like he he's pretty. Is his his again not him as a person, but his his films tend to have a, a pretty big inspirational impact, at least within the like filmmaking community. Um, and so so that's kind of where mostly where I took that number from. Um, so he does stuff differently than people usually would. Exactly, and and his his style of filmmaking is is fairly unique and and tends to to resonate with a lot of people. Um, so yeah, so I gave it five out of ten for that one. I didn't really feel like there was much of a historical impact, um, but the inspirational I thought was enough to bump it up to a five out of ten. Yeah, I don't think there's yeah. really any historical impact to no. to speak of, other than this film, you know, led to Mila Jovovich having the caliber of career that she moved into. I don't think that's she true. Yeah, without this breakout role, I don't think she would have. I agree. Gone to where she has gone. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I remember at the time, you know, because I, I, 
I've always loved movies, so I would always, you know, flip through the newspaper because this is how long ago this was. <laughs> True. My, we didn't have internet in my house, so this if I wanted to look at movie reviews, it was, you know, flipping through the paper. Did they review this one? Oh, cool, they did. Or, you know, like picking up Fangoria or, you know, a magazine like that. <clears throat> and uh, at the time, I remember the few reviews I did see were very much, eh, it's schlocky kind of. You know, see see it if you think you like this kind of stuff, but otherwise pass. And yeah, and, uh, I like this kind of stuff, so I definitely saw it, and I loved it. And I disagreed with a lot of the the negative reviews that I saw at the time. Um, that said, I haven't gone back to see historically what they said yeah. as far as Metacritic and the research you've done. But uh-huh. I don't um, know if I'd quite call it research. It was about <laughs> five minutes at most. <laughs> Five minutes more than I did. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the, the the cultural impact I think is is a lot bigger than the film would have seemed it could have made at the time, or the audience impact I should say. You know, because it, yeah. it is a very much cult favorite. It's like you know, you see someone on the street that likes the same kind of movie that you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're in the same club. T-shirt, you're like, high five, you know, yeah, yeah, and you know, that's one of those. Especially for someone in, in our generation, it's one of those cultural touchstones that's like, oh, I remember when that came out. I love that movie. Yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of a, it has a positive impact in that sense. Makes sense. Yeah. She still find crazy that we've been friends for as long as we have, and that was your first time seeing it. <laughs> I was like, what? What? Yeah. There's a lot of classic movies that I have not seen. You have a little homework to do. I do. Never ending. <laughs> um, yeah, so my total for, for those three impact on film subcategories, it averaged out uh, to a 6.33 out of 10. 6.67. And I got a 7.31. All right. Uh, so that's going to bring us to uh, probably the most fun category of the grid. That's <laughs> going to be overall enjoyment. So either of you want to take the lead on this? Um, I gave it a 9.5 because I love it. All right. I love this movie. And I gave it a 9.5 as well. And as I said earlier, it's it's a big, bombastic, pulpy, you know, and it's, you can almost look at it as like a late 90s update of something like a Flash Gordon. You know, it's it's okay. it's campy. It's a little cheesy. The, the story is very broad. There's not a whole lot of nuance to it. But for me, it, it updating that kind of trope salad is really fun you know and they did do a lot of interesting things with the painting the world around them i think that the everything that the story and plot structure lacks is balanced by all the innovation that they did make in creating the world around it and i for that i love the movie is the plot dumb yeah kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. such a fun ride but yeah, yeah it's it's a it's a big bombastic just Fun time. Mm-hmm. And I also really so love the makeup thing that she had. We'll yeah, the that. digital Coco Chanel. Stick but it on your face. Yeah. And all those <laughs> stick it on your makeup done in five seconds. Yep. Dude, that would be <laughs> phenomenal. Like, also the food dehydrator that they were. Or rehydrator. She's poured the balls in there yes. and sticks it in and pulls out a whole cooked chicken. 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 Good. I would, yes, actually, I would love that. That would be amazing. <laughs> I don't like cooking. Yeah. I'm good at it, but I don't like it. It'd be really nice to just... 
Do that. Stick it in the thing. Done. The only thing better than that would be the replicators from Star Trek. That's what I want. Yeah. Just program it in. Even though they're always complaining it doesn't taste as good as homemade. I'm like, you shut your mouth and appreciate what you have. You didn't have to cook it. (laughs) You didn't have to cut anything. You don't have any burn marks. You didn't ruin your favorite shirt with grease splatter. Shut your mouth. Exactly. In any case. (laughs) So I gave overall enjoyment. I was a little bit lower than you guys. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Um, for me, I really liked, um, like the, the more pulpy things it did with genre. I thought that was really fun and things like the editing, like that, the fight scene interspersed with the, with the opera, I thought was fantastic. Um, and the aesthetics, like just all the, the costumes was just super fun. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I, I really liked about this movie. Um, but I, th- I think one of the biggest things that knocked it down from, from the outstanding range for me really hard for me to get past Ruby Rod. Real, real hard. Um, and I wasn't a big fan. Like, the two things you love about the movie the most, I'm like, eh. Because um, I also didn't love um, Zorg. I, I just... I didn't understand what his motivation was. I think I'm just... I'm so... I think if it was any played by anyone other than Gary Oldman, I would probably feel very different. But that's fair. I love Gary Oldman. See, and I feel the same way about like Natalie Portman. Yeah. So if, if she was in a silly movie, I would. Pro- and she has been in a few. I mean, even the well, no, I was gonna say even the prequels become watchable, and then I'm like, Meh. No, no, not even she can no. say it. Revisiting them, they're not as bad as I remember them being, but they're not good. No, once, once you get over the disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> then it's kind of like okay, I guess. Yeah, because he because uh, our son loves them, so we can't. We gotta, yeah. And I think they. I mean, they were made. Now we're getting way off topic, but I mean, right. the prequels were made for younger <laughs> yeah, kids. Totally. Like that's the problem. Um. In any case, again, neither here nor there. Yeah. But um. So yeah. So I gave the overall enjoyment a seven out of ten. Still exceeds expectations. I still had a really fun time watching it. Um, but some of those more character issues um, definitely kept it from the outstanding range for me. Um, so that's where I stand on that. <laughs> Sorry, Sammy. <laughs> no, totally understand. I love it. I can't help it. Like I said, for me, it's, again, if it wasn't something I saw at 16 or, you know what I mean? Like if I yeah. had just seen it, it might be completely worse for you. This was your first time ever seeing yeah. it. Like for us, yeah. we have a lot of nostalgia at the yeah. same time. Like we kind of grew up with this movie in a way like yeah yeah so i do of think had a I, different view on it absolutely like, yeah i think i had i seen it in the 90s i would probably like it a lot more because even I'm, i had said earlier like this was one of the most 90s things i had ever seen yeah. and i'm like i can still watch spice world and be like yep this is my jam <laughs> and it's an awful movie <laughs> which i never saw because you're younger than we are so like by the time yeah. it came out i was like uh, no exactly and i was like i was like, like 10 when it came out yeah. Exactly. Like that was I was I was a fan and I saw it I'm sure opening weekend probably more than once. Um <laughs> and so I can still go back and watch it and be like yeah, this Whereas movie if is. If we watched that, we'd probably be like, "What?" Oh, it the would heck? be unwatchable. Yeah. I'm certain. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah. So, so this one, at for least, us, half of it's nostalgia. Yeah. So this one at least has has quite a bit going for it, aside from nostalgia. Um, but I totally get that because because there are definitely movies that. I'll go back and watch and be like, I still love this, but I probably shouldn't. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right. uh, So that's going to bring us to the, uh, the last little bit here. That's going to be extra credit. Uh, Does either of you give, give extra credit? 4.5. Yeah. Yeah, Because I love it. 
I gave four <laughs> points of extra credit um, for having the universe be saved by a a woman. Strong, yeah. Despite the fact that to finally get her to step up and and save humanity, you know, she had to have the love of a man. But at least that man was Bruce Willis with you know the frosted tips. Corbin Dallas, man, he's <laughs> awesome. Um, and yeah, just the the vibrancy and the the depth of the world around it. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, I think it was a, a great a great backdrop to the the story that they were trying to tell, and I think that it actually gave it some legitimacy as a film. Having that background detail and making it feel like a lived in universe made up for for me the obvious failings in the plot. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I like that. Yeah, she's. A- Besides, you know, the end part, like she was a strong. Besides the part where she that, got weepy. Yeah, like for, but for the most part, war. that although hey, <laughs> because of war, most women do. Well, not war, but you know, you get weepy. <laughs> I can I can attest to that. Um, but yeah, like I did like the fact that because even then, you know, you didn't see a lot of chicks kicking ass. I guess which was yeah refreshing. Yeah, kicking yeah. ass, man. Take a name. Yeah, learning English. <laughs> After learning, hey, she picked it up pretty quick, though. Yeah, it's one like the ability to learn as quickly as she did. I thought that was cool. Uh, maybe the maybe the problem that she had in her her emotional breakdown over war is that she finally figured out that humanity has a word for all the terrible things that we've been doing this whole time that she had learned from A up through V. Well, she said, "What's the use mm-hmm. in protecting life when I see what you do with it?" Yeah, I don't know. But didn't she say that before she got to war? Mm-mm. No, it's the very end when he's holding her in the pyramid. She, she says, what's the use of protecting life when I see what you do with it? Are you sure? I thought it was when they were talking about the letter V. No. Okay. You've seen it several times. I'll try to remember. <laughs> <laughs> I also memorize lines really easily. So, back on topic. Did you give the film any extra credit? I did. I gave it... Who? <gasps> <laughs> I gave it one point. Uh, one point of extra credit for two things. I gave a half a point... Um, for the divine language. I, I know I gave it points elsewhere for that as well. Um, but sometimes I double dip and I feel okay about it. <laughs> and, and I, yeah, yeah, true story. And, and I thought that that was just a really impressive thing that could have very easily been really cheesy and, and really artificial. And it felt not cheesy and not artificial. So, um, so I gave it a half a point just for, for the believability and, and for the fact that they were able to pull it off. Um, and then I gave it another half just for uh, the experience of seeing it in theaters. That was really fun. Uh, it was fun seeing it with you guys and it was fun. Um, just because it is such a cult classic and, and most people in the theater had seen it before. So like clapping. Like, the, the, exactly. I, love, I love being able to do that. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing i love about seeing older films in the theater is like you're saying that there's a bunch of people there that have seen this and they love it and they know why they're here exactly and so that feels like there's more audience investment and participation like at the end of the the opera scene the whole theater's clapping yeah we clapped that was great that was amazing i really enjoyed that yeah um yeah sorry to derail no that's that's perfectly fine um so yeah so i gave it um one point total for those two reasons all right so my uh, grand total is uh, 79.51, and which is an exceeds expectations. All right. And I feel that is a fair assessment. Mine was 89.39, which is outstanding. And I'm going to say it one more time because I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Uh, I gave it a, a 75.93, uh, which exceeds expectations. And and I'll be honest, that's quite a bit higher than I thought I was going to get. Um, but I feel like that's fair because it, even though I had some issues with, with some of the casting and some of the writing, um, it's a really well-made movie and does a lot of things really, really well. And it was just fun. So mm. I feel pretty good with that score. Yeah. All right. Uh, we did really well on time. Um, is there anything else you want to add about this movie before we wrap up? I mean, I guess we kind of already did just wrap up, but... <laughs> um, no, I can't think of anything else to, to rewrap. All right. I don't think so. All right. So that's going to wrap up this discussion of The Fifth Element. Thanks so much for listening. If you're interested in learning more about the grid rating system, be sure to check out grittyfilms.com slash the grid. And that's gritty films spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y films.com. You can also check out the Gritty Films Patreon page if you're interested in learning how you can help support Gritty Films. And that's going to be over at patreon.com slash grittyfilms. Uh, but if you're looking for a, a quick and easy way to support the podcast, uh, just heading on over to iTunes and rating and reviewing this podcast would be super, super appreciated. Just takes a minute and will help more listeners um, listen to the podcast, which would be super awesome. Uh, so that would be greatly appreciated for anybody enjoying this podcast. Um, and now that that's all out of the way, I'd like to announce a few uh, quick changes to the Gritty Films uh, schedule for upcoming reviews. Um, so starting on um, July 2nd, um, the first Monday of every month is going to be Marvel Monday, where Tristan and I will be doing our Marvel reviews. So that's going to start with um, this Monday, Monday, July 2nd, uh, with Iron Man 3, the first Marvel movie within Phase 2. Um, and then every other Monday of the month is going to be um, just another uh, throwback review with um, a variety of, of special guests. The um, next upcoming one is going to be Monday, July 9th, and that's going to be The Hours with my friend M. I'm really excited to get that one out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, another upcoming one is um, Die Hard, another Bruce Willis classic uh, that Tristan and I will be doing. Um, and then Juno with both of my parents, Mark and Melissa, um, is coming up the Monday after that. So lots of good stuff in the works. And then uh, for any X-Files fans out there, starting Sunday, July 1st, there's going to be a separate Gritty Films podcast called The X-Files on the Grid. And that's going to be Tristan and I every week going through an episode of X-Files, talking about it, reviewing it, going through a customized grid for for TV shows. It's a little different than the grid we use here, Um, but it's going to, you know, we'll talk about what works and what doesn't for for every single episode of X-Files. So I'm really excited about that. So if you're enjoying this podcast and if you're an X-Files fan, be sure to keep an eye out for that. So, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.